This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. A better podcast would redo that. We're not. <laughs> we'll take only. That's our motto here on Shot First. Yep. Yep. Today right. we're talking about Robocop. The original, by the way. I guess I have to clarify. Oh, shit. Everybody's forgotten about that one. <laughs> Came out in 1987, directed by Paul Verhoeven, written by Edward Neumeyer and Michael Miner. <laughs> Serial killer? Yeah. <laughs> uh, starring Peter Weller, Nancy Ellen, uh, Dan O'Leary, and uh, oh, a bunch of guys. Ronnie Cox, Kurtwood Smith, or <laughs> Red. Yeah, Red Foreman. Miguel Ferrer. Much I forgot he was in this. Much people. Um. All right, uh, Alex or Scott, whose was this? This is mine. All right, lead us into it. I love RoboCop. I think in the last episode I mentioned how we went to the movie theater and there was a big cardboard cutout of RoboCop coming out of a car, and that just mesmerized. Like, Holy shit, Robot Cop! That's insane. Robot and Cop. I wanted to see this movie so bad, and you know, my dad being the action junkie, just like me. It's like, oh, hell yeah, we're going to see this. <laughs> it was a super hard R. So much violence. Uh, I was just old enough to uh, not be afraid of it, even though it was really gross at parts. But uh, ludicrous, and uh, it's just a great movie all around. Even ludicrous though was in this? <laughs> yeah, Luda. Yeah. Let's get into it before I start talking about the whole damn movie, because I love it so much. All right. Um, just said my background real quick is this is I think I mentioned it in the Predator podcast. Um, I really wanted to see that. Like, I really wanted to see Predator and Robocop. And my parents would not let me watch Predator. So as a consolation, they let me watch Robocop. <laughs> and I don't know why they did. I it was This movie scared the crap out of me. It was horrifying. Um, so I say I saw it on VHS when it came out. And, uh, yeah, it, I loved it, but I was scared at the same time. This was so much worse than Predator in a lot of ways. I think so, too, because it's more realistic, right? Like, I'm sure we'll get into it with the stuff that happens to Murphy. But, yeah, like, yeah, I agree, Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, same thing with you, I'm assuming, VHS? Or do you see it in the no, theater? I actually saw it in the theater. Oh, wow. Yeah, my dad was hyped. Jesus. <laughs> and you're four years younger than me, so, my God. Yeah, <laughs> it was like six or seven. I was like, ah, it was fake, but it was so cool. Robocop. The robot, yeah, the RoboCop was so cool, and Ed Two Hundred Nine, and forget about it. Yeah, Scott, did you see the theater or? No, I, I don't really remember the first time I saw this all the way through. It's probably when I was a little older. Uh, I think it's another one of those ones that made the rounds on the the network TV. Like, completely oh. edited. <laughs> yeah. Completely edited, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I ever watched the fully edited version till 
Uh, maybe I was an adult. I don't know. Wow. So you're the one that got to see all the stuff, and we didn't. This is the vice versa one here. Yeah, this is the one I somehow... <laughs> I saw RoboCop 2 when I was little. <laughs> that one... That one scarred me because the... Spoilers. The, the stuff that happens to the kid in that one. That fucking yeah. scarred me for life. Because I'm like, all these adults are dying. I'm like, eh, whatever. But then the kid, I'm like... Ah. Yeah. Anyway. He deserved it. He did. All right, well, let's get into it. So we're going to do our top seven things about this movie. Uh, Alex, lead us off. Number seven. I number seven, and I got in trouble with this. <laughs> because there's a point where uh, Clarence Boddicker meets up with somebody, and then he sticks his fingers into the guy's wine, and then he smells it. <laughs> and for some reason, I thought this would be a good idea to do on my Hawaiian punch. <laughs> so my mom saw me doing that, and she's like, what are you doing? And she gave me a good smacking for it. So that's my number seven. That sounds like a reason to get hit. <laughs> well, it was a good Hawaiian play. Yeah, I got a smack. I didn't get beat. <laughs> sounds like an Alex story. Yeah. Uh, Scott, number seven. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number seven is... Uh, what? What's the name of Miguel Ferrer's character? Uh, Bob, I guess. Miguel Ferrer Rocher? Yeah. When uh, he's talking trash on... Oh, boy. On Dick Jones. <laughs> and then Dick Jones yeah. catches him and he gives him the speech. And he starts talking about how... <laughs> oh, when when I was, like, your age or something like that, like, I used to talk, you know, say things about the old man. And then he says, he used to call him names, like, Iron Butt. <laughs> and I'm like, Iron Butt! <laughs> I'm still laughing about that to this day. Yeah. Like, maybe that was... I still don't know what the screenwriter was thinking there, other than that he wanted more cocaine. But... Like, well, he was trying to make him sound dated and old-fashioned, but... But I don't know. That's, that's the thing. I don't know, like, where he was going with that. It was either supposed to be, like, a, uh, like an anachronism, or it was supposed to be, like, future talk, or people say Iron Butt in the future. Or well, in his, in his future past, when he's... But, like, at what point would Iron Butt be that much of an insult? Like, if you were just walking down the street and someone was like, Hey, Iron Butt, you'd just be confused more than anything else. I'd be pissed. Call me Iron Butt. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's just a very weird bit of script writing that made its way into the movie. And nobody said anything about it. But I don't know, maybe it's like a weird translation of something from Paul Verhoeven's, like, I don't know, Paul Verhoeven's, like, what, Swedish? So maybe it's like a lost in translation thing that he wanted to throw in the movie. I don't know. It just makes no sense to me. It's hilarious. I think it's foreshadowing because you're going to see an iron butt later in the movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Dick Jones, my number seven is like the worst part of this movie, and it's this terrible special effect. I don't know what's going on when he gets thrown out the window at the end of the movie and he turns into Elastic Man and his arms yep. are 10 feet long. Stretch Armstrong here. <laughs> it cracks me up. Like, I remember as a kid going, that's weird, but whatever, I'm into it. And then as I watched it, I was like, what? Did, how? It's obviously a special effect gone wrong, but why didn't they fix it? I don't know, and it's terrible. I wonder if they, like, had filmed something else and then afterward, like, they tested it out or something, or test screens and... Studio came back and said, "No, you need like something else." And then they, they did this like 
Which came first, this or Die Hard? This. Okay. Yeah, maybe Die Hard wasn't around yet to set the bar. <laughs> but, I mean, that's not the first time someone fell from a window. Yeah, I know. It, it looks <laughs> ridiculous. Like, nobody... It's, it's, like almost, it's almost like nobody saw it. Like, they just, like, threw it in there. And they're like, okay, this is good. Whoever made how it. You, how do you not see it? It's I know, so I know. <laughs> I just think it's a, something weird with the way they made the... And they just didn't... They couldn't address it. And they're like, whatever. Fans won't know. They won't watch it again and pause it and all this other crap. So. <laughs> He's just in time for cornflakes. Yep. Or was it? <laughs> Product right, placement. Yep. <laughs> uh, Alex, number six. My number six is this kind of perplexed me. When Boddicker goes in to take out what's his face, the young exec. What's the character's name? Bob Morton. Bob? Is Bob? Yeah. And he he has this futuristic grenade and it looks really cool. And then he takes the pin out and he lays it down on the table. <laughs> and then Bob tries to reach it and then you have a close up of a grenade and there's a little timer on it. <laughs> like, what? It just threw me for a loop. Why? What's wrong with that? There's a grenade, you just take it out and leave it. It just seemed unnecessary. Grenades don't need timers. I mean, don't all grenades inherently have timers? Well, yeah, but not like an LED thing. <laughs> it's it's future. Just, future. It's future. Yeah. <laughs> just pull the pin and you just throw it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that's the scene where he says, bitches leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That too. I don't know if anyone had, Does anyone have him in their list? No. Yeah, he's a, he's a good bad guy in this. And it's funny that later on he's probably more famous for that 70s show and Red Foreman. But, man, he's an evil Ugh, he's scary. He might be my first <laughs> human beings I was scared of. And he wasn't like a monster. He was just a evil human. Aren't evil humans the real monsters, Jeff? Yeah, but I didn't yeah. learn at this age. I don't know <laughs> that. You know, the real monsters are Freddy Krueger and right. Predator. They're, they're actual I, monsters. I didn't watch Predator yet. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Scott, number six. Okay. Uh, number six is the... <laughs> I've written down the speaking of Dick Jones, I have Dick Shot. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, the, I have something else on my list that encompasses that list. Yeah. So uh Alex Murphy, uh aka Robocop, is making the rounds and comes across the the woman being she's about to be raped, right? And uh the guy uses her as a shield that's trying to attack her. Robocop pulls out the gun and then using his robo-optics, he finds a safe shot and basically shoots through the girl's dress, through her legs, and shoots the guy in the dick. Uh, not yeah. cool, Robocop. Not cool. <laughs> and this is my number uh, six. Not just necessarily on the strength of that alone, but somebody went through and used the Robocop footage <laughs> and made their own like little short film that's like I don't know five minutes long. Oh, the extended scene. Yeah, they extended yeah. the scene where it's not just the one guy holding the girl. There's like twenty different dudes doing the same thing. <laughs> Robocop goes through and shoots like twenty guys in the dick, and it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my number six. Let's not forget the dialogue that these 
future punks are talking. Freaking terrible. They're like, oh, her hair is great. Yeah, maybe she's got more hair down there. Yeah. Slice and dice. <laughs> yeah, <that's awful>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> there, there was some... <laughs> Dialogue was not the strong suit of the... whoever wrote this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alright, well, my number six is that scene, but it's the whole little montage of, you know, Robo Knight, Robocop's first night out. Robo Knight? Uh, <laughs> Robo Knight. It's the prequel to Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> In medieval times, Merlin made a night. He's yep. a jousting robot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, his first night out. So that's the scene with the dress. Um, the one where like there's a like a hostage situation and he breaks through the wall. And then I always loved where he... There are all the camera people outside and he like punches the guy through the window and he falls down. And the cameramen just follow the corpse all the falling ball all the way down to the ground right in front of him. Just like... <clears throat> I always love that. Um, so yeah, Robocop's... First night out. First night on the job. I always like that. See, that's another thing our superhero movies are missing. We miss that, like, first night of superpowers. Like, what about Superman in the original movie where he, I mentioned before, like, saves a cat out of the tree and stops some bank robbers and a mm-hmm. jewelry, uh, cat burglar. and yeah, well, I more see, of that. I want to see the Superman's first night out when he, like, accidentally snaps a guy's spine in half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> Tried to save him. But you ever notice that in the Marvel movies? Like, when does a superhero actually just like save a random dude on the street? Or a woman was getting her purse snatched or something? Like, yeah. uh, Spider Man. In the movies, not so much. Uh, yeah. Some of the Marvel stuff is very street level, I thought. Yeah, you mean like the, the Netflix stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Homecoming, he did that a bit. A lady gave him a churro. Okay, I'll give I'll give you that. I don't remember that. Yeah. But... <laughs> it always stops the bank robbery. But anyway, uh, Alex, number four, number five, number five. Where am I? Where's my list? Okay, yeah, number five is all the fake TV stuff, all the commercials, the game shows. Those nice peppered in there to to really flesh out what kind of future people are living in in Detroit. Awesome. Like climbing for dollars. <laughs> There's a pack of rabbit dogs while this guy's trying to climb a single rope. And he's putting <laughs> chunks of money on the rope that he grabs and he puts in his pockets and his mouth. And then this big steam <laughs> uh, pipe blasts him right in the face and he falls down. Probably dead. Yeah. And the, I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. I'd buy that for a dollar. Not to mention that. Huh. Sketch show, comedy sketch show. So, what's a future? What's a worse Detroit? Their future Detroit or our current Detroit? <laughs> we brought this up before. Uh... <laughs> oh, we have. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think we ever came to a consensus on that one. <laughs> I mean, the question is still valid. That's the sad part. Um, all right, uh, Scott, number five. Uh, number five is the score. Uh, it's very. Uh, Memorable. Um, it, it's not terribly complicated. It just kind of goes back to the that da 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 da. But it's uh, somewhat iconic and yeah, very catchy. Yeah, and uh, I had it written down. I fucking forget who did it. Uh, can't find it. Uh, Anyways, yeah, the score is great. It's memorable. Uh, helps to 
make this a kind of a cult classic. Uh, or just a straight-up classic. I don't know. Score. All right. Um, mine rhymes with score. It's it's a gore fest. Um, or at least, it, like I said, I'm coming from the ten year old version of me who was not ready to watch this. Um, <laughs> it was pretty. Uh, you know, no, I'm trying to think. It's maybe not that bad, but it scared the crap out of me. At the no, it's bad. Uh, I have more to say about individual scenes, so I don't want to talk about them too much. But um, yeah. This might be the first movie that uh, I know. This was the first movie where it was too much, too, too much to handle for little old Jeff, and uh, so for that, it'll always have a special gore place in my heart, uh, <laughs> my gory heart. Mm-hmm. Alex, number four. My number four is Ed Two Hundred Nine. That's such a great robot, great design. It's just he growls whenever he's like. On and everything, and he goes he goes haywire right at the beginning, and he shoots up that one poor exec. Yeah, his guns are cool. I mean, he's not like any uh, at the time. I hadn't seen any robot like him with like the chicken legs and everything. And even though the you know Star the eighties, oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, not like that, <laughs> but. uh what was I going to say? Oh, they, yeah, it was the 80s, so they had to build like a life-size replica of the thing, of course. But the stop motion in there, you could tell it's stop motion. It's not yeah, great it effects by these, by these standards, but it's so well done. I'm a sucker for animation, so it's so well done. And like the little feet thing that he does at the stairs is, just gives him like a little bit of character. So cool. Yeah. yeah. I agree. He's This is my number three, so I had a little bit more here. Um yeah, the one thing, I mean, everything you said I agree with. His design was awesome. The scene where he malfunctions and, you know, put down your weapon. You have 10 seconds to comply. He just keeps counting down. And they're, they're running around. I think people are hiding behind other people trying to get out of his way. Yeah, because he was only aiming for that one dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, that's a major design flaw is your cop can't go downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I kind of like that because that's, as an engineer, we kind of do stupid shit like that. Um so, and uh, but I well, it is the one part of the movie that doesn't hold up. The animation looks pretty bad, but for the time, it was awesome. And yeah, he was scary as well. Like I, I don't think even in the second one where he's kind of like a hybrid, right? It's like Ed Two Nine plus Kane or whatever it is, and this one's still better. I like it. Yeah, agreed. All right, uh, Scott, number four. Okay, Spider uh, Four. Um, oh, and sorry, I, the score was by the great uh, Basil Paladoris, who also did Conan, the Barbarian. Barbarian. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, so my number four is, uh, as Alex said, all the, the stuff going on, on TV in the background, um, the news, the game shows, commercials, uh, the 6000 SUX. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that fucking car. <laughs> yeah. 6000 SUX. Um, yeah, the news reports of, like, all the fucking horrible things going on in the world. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just a, a cool little thing that Paul Verhoeven kind of brought back, um, in subsequent movies that he did, like, in Starship Troopers. With the, would you like to know more? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, yeah, my number four. Okay. Uh, my number four is Peter Weller. I thought he... I don't know if Robocop would be as good and thought of as it is without his performance. Um, thought he was awesome. I mean, I've only seen him in a few things, like this and Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> only I can really think of. What else is he uh, in? You didn't see Naked Lunch? I didn't see that. You didn't see that Star Trek movie? Star Trek Into Darkness? Screamers. Screamers? Yeah, that's a good movie. I did see Into Darkness. And like I he was on a season of Dexter, but like not nah, that's all later stuff. And he's a he plays a decent voice of Batman in the Dark Knight Returns yeah. cartoon. Yeah. But so back so in the day. In, uh, he actually does a lot of uh, uh well, I don't know if he does a lot of anymore. He did a bunch of documentaries. He like has a PhD in like classical history. Yeah. He talks Penguins. about Rome. Penguin. Penguins. Yeah, no, he's he's a he's a smart dude. Like Kevin Smith on one of his podcasts talked about this for Dyke Knight Returns. But he was they were presenting at a this, uh, the Paley Center, I don't know, somewhere in LA or New York, and there was the thirtieth or fortieth anniversary of Buckaroo Banzai, and Kevin Smith was kind of the intro and um he you know Kevin Smith he can talk forever. Like Silent Bob talks a lot, by the way, if you hear about the character. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going off he and off and he's telling how great Buck Rubanza is and, and he did it. And then later on when uh he was on the show, Peter Well was like, Man, that was weird. When all of a sudden I was on sitting out there and they're like, Who the fuck is Kevin Smith to tell us like to introduce us? Who is this guy? Or whatever. It was like just all bitter about it. And then about the end he's like, Oh my god, this guy he explained the movie better than I ever do. <laughs> like, it was pretty funny the way he told the story. So, anyway, Peter Weller, I oh, thought right. he was awesome as Robocops and Murphy. Uh, so not, not he's not on my list, but I will say that uh, it's a fucking great. The, the whole like last two minutes of the movie are amazing. Uh, but when uh, the the old man uh, asks him what his name is, and he um, he says his name, and then he gives that that smirk, and then walks off. Yeah, that was rad. Yeah, and just I mean I don't know. If, I'm sure he didn't come up with this. Maybe he did, but his whole head turning first, then his body. Body. Like uh, I, I've always tried to do that as a kid. It's not easy to do. You know, you're gonna turn around, and turn to the left, head turns first, then your shoulders go. That's all him. That's awesome. Uh, okay, Alex, number three. My number three is, I mean, we've been talking about it throughout this whole thing. Just the brutal violence. It doesn't hold back anything. And if you see the director's cut, it's even fucking worse. Don't. <laughs> Just <laughs> stick with the three theatrical version. I'm kind of interested now. It sounds like we should be watching the director's <laughs> yeah. cut. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Scott, number three. Okay. So uh, my number three... Uh, I have written down here, liquefied mutant. Oh yeah, so I like that so, guy. Honorable so, mention. So so Jeff talks about uh, this this movie like freaking him out with all the gore. I this is the one scene I remember as a kid. Yeah, I'm like wondering what the fuck. Oh god. But yes, uh, the, <laughs> why didn't he turn into the Joker? Yeah, or like, <laughs> like I always, I was, I would always get confused with like this movie and like, uh, like Swamp Thing. Or no, um, as a kid, is it Swamp Thing or Toxic Avenger? 
Very toxic Avenger. You're a dark man? I don't remember watching them as a kid. But yeah, at any rate, just walking around like all fucked up. I didn't really know like what mutants were as a kid. and Or mutation, anyway. And he just... It feels like he's like walking around for like 20 minutes going, Oh, God, please help me. Yeah. <laughs> like every scene, there's like... It'll cut to like action sequence and then something else in the action sequence. And then back to him just like walking around. Uh, and then, yeah, he gets hit by a car and gets fucking liquefied. You see his like head fly off. Uh, so good. It's some it's some A plus gore there. I don't fucked up, know fucked up A, grade A gore. Yeah, so that's my that's my number three. It's definitely the most powerful visual, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I may have a little bit more to say about this. I'm gonna hold off on it, but I agree. <laughs> um, all right, uh, my number three was Ed two hundred nine. So we're on Alex's number two. My number two is just the great villains. Slayer and Spotiker. Awesome. Red Foreman does, yeah, does a great job. And I didn't really see him in anything up until that 70s show after that. Because I remember the first time I saw that 70s show, it's like, oh shit, it's Clarence Spotiker. He was in that movie Fortress, but I don't know if that came before or after Robocop. Oh, what, was he in Fortress? Yeah, I think that's, that's No, that came, that came after. Was that was the, one Christopher, the one yeah. Christopher Lambert? Lambert. Yeah, I, and I'm pretty sure that was him. <laughs> that was the that was the first movie where I saw dudes hanging dung. I was like, "Is this allowed?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fortress was ninety two, uh, so yeah, yeah, he's in it. Um, all right, I, I should rewatch that. <laughs> Scott, number two, not just for the dung, but anyway. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> <you're> clarifying. <laughs> yeah, but if you're in the dung, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I so, recommend this and The Watchmen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my number two is just one of the most iconic lines of pop culture. The, the dead or alive, you're coming with me. Uh, delivered perfectly like by Peter Weller, as Jeff pointed out. Uh, and there's there's some variations on that throughout the movie. Uh, the, you're coming with me, creep. Uh, or something along those lines, right? I'm butchering mm-hmm. this shit. Uh, Don't move, creep. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Drop the, it. Yeah, the dead or alive, you're coming with me. Uh, that's all-time movie line right there. Uh, and it makes the character, like, the character's in full force as he says it. It's not just, like, a a memorable line. It is, like, it's his line. It's the RoboCop line. Uh, that's my number two. Yeah. To add on to that, um, do you remember the Arc- RoboCop arcade game? And it was yeah. just a basic side-scroller shooter, but he would say those lines periodically. They just made it so much cooler. <laughs> Drop it. Drop it. He'd Better throw one punch and knock three guys down. Yeah. <laughs> it was clumsy, man. You jump it over slow bullets, and he's... Yeah, just, those games always suck, but it would just, <laughs> that skin well, made it really cool. He did move exactly like Robocop did in the movie, so... Yeah. <laughs> Except he couldn't take as much damage as he could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bulletproof. Yeah. Well, maybe bulletproof, but not glowing circle light. <laughs> Slow-moving projectile. Blinky, blinky light, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, my number two is... Uh, well, the, the liquefied man, as Scott mentioned. <laughs> liquefied man. That's, a, so, <laughs> that's right after uh, Burning Man, because he put them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
this, uh, except with my number one, is my most disturbing scene from this. And just him coming out. Get off me, man. And his head popping off in the car runs him over. Oh. I remember the first time I saw it, I'm like, did his head just pop off? It was pretty, <laughs> uh, it was pretty scary. And uh, yeah, that is, I, I, I agree. It's probably the most the most <laughs> goriest thing on this movie. Uh, my number one is a little more hit me a little hard, a little more disturbing. But this was like, ugh. So, so yeah. the so the liquefied mutant uh, that was uh, um, actor Paul McCrane. Um, ER, also, right? Um, is Emil? I don't I don't remember. Yeah, he was on ER. Uh, I don't remember <laughs> his name from the movie, but it, or being said in the movie, but it's Emil. Yeah, that guy does a really good sleaze bag. <laughs> Talked about some of the the sleaze bags in this Miguel Ferrer, him, yeah. uh, Boddicker, uh, Ronnie Cox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Him like harassing yeah, the gas station tenant. Yeah. Uh, what are you reading there? Yeah. College boy. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Yeah, great. Uh, Alex, number one. My number one is just Peter Weller. He. Fits the part. He walks. You know, it, it doesn't seem like there's a human in that suit. It's he's totally a cyborg when he's in the RoboCop suit. And the fact, the way that he can just, even though he's like supposed to be this cold, emotionless robot, because of his backstory and everything, he can inject like those little moments of humanity that he still kind of, but doesn't remember from his past. But he still, his body just does them instinctively. Like when he twirls his gun before putting it into his thigh holster. Yeah, and then that great, that amazing scene when he goes through his old house, and he sees the uh, the virtual realtor and stuff on the different TVs, and he's having flashbacks to his past. Oh man, this still gets me. That was awesome, and showing like like I said before with Dread, it's really hard for actors to show emotion when their eyes are covered up like that, and he does a tremendous job. Mm hmm. He does. Yeah, Peter, yeah. Peter Weller. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all had him on our list, so I think we all agree. Scott, number one. All right, so my number one is basically, as I mentioned before, like the last like two or three minutes, basically, when he makes his way up to the, to the boardroom, uh, Ronnie Cox takes the old man hostage, and then uh, it's super cool because he knows about the protocol about how uh, RoboCop is not allowed to hurt anybody from OCP. Directive 4. Directive, yeah. Is it 4 or 6? 4? I thought there were just 3 prime directives. 66. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. And uh, the old man fires him. And RoboCop says, thank you. <laughs> Shoots the guy. There's the, the scene, uh, the horrible scene of him falling out the window. The best part about all that, even better than the, the awesome smile uh, Murphy gives on the way out, is the the black guy that's also the the board member? How <laughs> he's got this huge grin on his face the whole time, and he gives a thumbs up <laughs> as soon as he falls out. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as Ronnie Cox gets shot out the window, it's like so out of place, but it's fucking great. Like uh, when you watch it again, just watch for that guy. It's so good. <laughs> I never noticed that before. I don't remember it. He just gives a, stands up, and gives a thumbs up to like nobody. He's just happy that that guy got got shot out the window, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With uh-huh. by the way, with like, RoboCop's data 
probe that's also a nice utility shank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got, I like how it still has blood all over it when he uses it in the, the end there, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd think that would, like, fuck it up, but nope. <laughs> nah. So oh, I the just, info's on the tip. Yeah. Just confirmed, it is Directive 4. Directive 1, serve the public trust. Directive 2, protect the innocent. 3, uphold the law. 4, is classified. Yeah. Directive 6 just sounds better. Directive yeah. 4. Um, when, which it's still good. Not a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, my number one, and this is the most disturbing scene. So this is not my favorite moment, but it's the one that stuck with me the most, so I had to put it as number one. It is when Murphy is basically uh, killed by the... In the middle beginning of the movie by the by Boddicker and his gang and them just torturing him and shooting his hands off, shooting his legs off, and then just laughing and having such a good time about it. it that just messed me up as a kid, man. Like, mm-hmm. like I was mentioning before, like to me before this, like monsters were monsters, and this is where I was like, oh god, this and it felt yeah. it's so real. That that's why I said Predator was a little better because it was a alien. This was just a dude who was just sadistic, and as all his people oh. were, and it just. Yeah, it was it was that eighties like sadistic too, where people would just like get a, get off on it just to get off on it. Like, yeah. There's no like real reason for any of it. And he's like crawling away, and they're just like laughing at him, and just like I said, taking off his hands, and just oh, so well, it's definitely not my favorite. It stuck with me the most, and I had to put it as my number one item on there. So, but Murphy got the last laugh, I guess, and. uh Honorable mention to whenever he had his helmet off or the mask off, he looked fucked up. That always kind of freaked me out as a kid, too. <laughs> yeah, because he was. <laughs> yeah. That was a good fact. I don't know what they did there, but... They made him into a real cyborg. I think I, think I remember reading it just like how fucking uncomfortable <laughs> Peter Willow was in that suit. Yeah. Like, they know. had to make modifications to it because like, he couldn't even move. Like, the first... At first, uh, I don't know. but Yeah, like, all that stuff pushed against his face like to pull his skin back and yeah yeah all right uh that's it so let's rate it alex oh this is a strong six for me i love this movie okay what what keeps it from being a seven for you uh damn it i think it's just yeah it's just too horrible (laughs) okay i think Because uh, I like a little lighthearted fun with uh, my action movies and stuff, but this is just too fucking real. Especially, like you said, when uh, Murphy just gets it at the beginning. It's like, Ooh. Right, fair enough. Uh, Scott? Um, you would have five uh, just because, or it doesn't get a six uh, because, like I said, I didn't really watch this until I was older. Um, so a lot of the stuff like, uh, like all that great stuff that I, that I mentioned, um, uh, I didn't latch onto it as much as I might have, I saw it when I was younger. Um, still very watchable though. So five. Okay. Um, I'm a six as well. Um, the special place in my heart, like I said, it was one of the f- first R rated movies I watched and just, it, it stuck with me. I think it's rewatchable. But I, you know, if I have to compare it to like Predator or Aliens, yeah, I, it, would, it goes below them. And I think even Aliens, I have like as a six. So, 
it, it, it's not a seven. It's definitely not perfect, and it is mm-hmm. some parts are hard to watch. So that's what keeps it for me in a perfect movie for me. Yeah. But it's definitely rewatchable, and I like it a lot. Uh, all right. Um, any feedback? Uh, yes, we got some feedback. All right, from uh, Garth. Party on it, sir Garth. Oh wait, we have to do ours first. Oh, yeah, that's probably all right. <laughs> I always forget how we do this crap. Okay. Yeah. So, what's our first. crossover topic, Alex? Uh, <laughs> well, it's not the only one that did it, and maybe Garth did it too. Thankfully. Uh, is the your top five future handguns? Handguns. Handguns. Uh-huh. Handguns. <laughs> However, not gun guns. No, De- definitely not gun guns. <laughs> Tarples. Uh, number five. Might be boss ass. It's number one. So my number five is uh, from a video game. Yeah, you guys might have heard of it. Halo, little game called Halo. Yeah, I've heard of it. And uh, Master Chief, the sidearm, the it's called the M6D handgun, and it's like every every like almost a lot of heroes get like a basic pea shooter and stuff, but this thing was really powerful. It was it didn't feel like you were being uh, demoted or taking like some of your strength away by just having to use the handgun because it zoomed in to like point five times. And it, it was almost as powerful as a sniper rifle. It's way overpowered. So I love just tooling around just using that gun in the first game. All right. Um, I don't remember. I know I used it, obviously, but I don't remember it. Um, Scott, number five. Okay, so I, yeah, I broke one of my rules for this because of reasons. <laughs> but... Uh, my number five is the the Auto Nine, the Robocop gun. Oh, cool! Uh, basically, like the basically automatic pistol, uh, and goes into his leg. It's fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, that's how he holsters it. Uh, so that's my number five. Got a robot leg. Can't bend it. Yep. I mean, if, if this podcast has taught us anything, if you have a hollow, hollow leg, it's for guns or drugs. Like or beer. Or beer. Yeah, who does that? I do. You don't have a hollow leg. <laughs> do that's you? where all the beer. That's where all the beer goes when I drink it. <laughs> oh, you're lame. <laughs> yeah, all you right, can't bend right. it. <laughs> all right, so I did. I didn't. I missed the hand part. I did future guns. However, my number five is a handgun, or I don't know what the hell it is actually, but the Star Trek Phaser. Yeah, that's a, a handgun. Especially from the ones from the movies are really cool. Yeah, so I, I do like the fact the that movies. you know it can yeah. stun, it could kill, it can disintegrate, do all sorts of weird things. I, mm. I, it's not my favorite one, but I had to make my list. My Set five. your phasers to fun. Yeah, at the Bimon Sci-Fi-Con. Is there, Sci-Fi a, is there a, like a a real name for it, or is this phaser? Yeah, we just called it a phaser. Yeah, it's a phaser. Which is also the name awesome. of the like the laser that shoot out of the ships too. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all the same technology. Yeah. All right, Scott. All right, Alex. Number four. My number four is from Hellboy, the Good Samaritan. I don't know how. I, I, I'm gonna say it's from the future, but that's a big ass fucking gun, and it's awesome. 
That's a, shoots that's re- a really big bullet. That's also my number four. Get some air in yeah. Is Hellboy in the future? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, <laughs> I'll allow it. Slight, I, uh, slight future. Uh, Next year. You know what, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> for for me, having smacked you down earlier on the uh, the uh, Fifth Element thing, which might have been a previous uh, podcast, now that I think about it, uh, yeah. I, I will go ahead and agree with you and say this is not the future, and we fucked up. <laughs> oh. However, I do stand by the idea that it is a badass handgun. It is an awesome gun. Yeah. Samaritan. Like, I don't aim with it too well, but the Samaritan here uses big bullets. Yeah. Just a big-ass revolver. Fucking sweet. Mm-hmm. Not like one of those twenty twos that are like pea shooters. Yeah, I know. You can't <laughs> Yeah, you can't kill, kill anybody, anybody with those things. things, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Scott, number four. That's where far was the good Samaritan. Oh, okay. Alright, uh, my number four, and it kind of goes with our last podcast, is The Lawgiver and Judge Dredd. Or Dredd. I guess Judge Dredd in general. Uh, that's my number um, As we talked about in that podcast, which was like 30 minutes ago, our time, but your time, I don't know what you're going to hear. It's Hot Shot and, and uh, whatever, incendiaries, all that cool stuff. It's an awesome gun. And the, the self-defense, if someone else uses it, the, the grip fucks up their hand. All that stuff. Makes it my number four. Alex, number three. Number three is from Men in Black, the noisy cricket. Uh, I don't mention for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a stupid guy. Will, <laughs> yeah, well, Will, Smith's, Will Smith sells it. He's like, man, I feel like I'm going to break it, this tiny-ass thing. It just blows him way back. Uh, I love that. I, love that. I know it's a stupid gag, but I love it. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that movie. Oh, man. But yeah, that's for another time. Yeah. Uh, Scott, number three. Okay, uh, my number three is the, the Dread, the Lawgiver Mark Two. All right. Mark Two. <laughs> Mine was Mark One, I think. Yeah. Maybe it was Mark Three. Mark <laughs> One, Mark Two, Mark Load. All right, well, my first two were handguns, and that's where they end. So number three is the Predator Shoulder Cannon. <laughs> that's like a handgun, right? <laughs> yeah, it's but <laughs> the size of a handgun. <laughs> so that thing's awesome, especially I think I like the, the way the sights work, with the, the uh, red lines and the triangle and all that stuff. So, yeah, Predator Shoulder Cannon. Whatever I don't know the official name of it. Uh, all right, Alex, number two, the uh, the dreadlogger. Okay, the cool gun, nice LED display, and it always changes the kind of ammo that it's <laughs> that uh, the judge is using at the time. Awesome, high explosive. <laughs> the last round you'll need. <laughs> all right, uh, Scott, number two. Okay. Uh, my number two, and I might be stealing Jeff's number one here. Uh, and you already said you're done with handguns, right, Jeff? Yeah. Okay. So, what if I said the DL-44? Uh, I would say it happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Doesn't count. <laughs> no. It's the future. Yeah. That's future tech, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I didn't make my list because of that. No, nope. on this, 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 we're we're gonna agree to disagree on Jeff. 
right. oh, okay, fine. I'll include it then because I want to include it, but I just don't think it should be there. <laughs> uh, but yes, the DL44 Heavy Blaster pistol, uh, the the gun of none other than Han Solo. No, I thought it was Hans Gruber. Hans! <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, so... Very little needs to be said about this gun. Other than he used it to shoot Greedo first. And Darth Vader. And yep. Darth Vader. And Minox. And Minox. Minox? Who else is Han? Let's count all the things that Han's... And some Stormtroopers. Yeah, shitload of stuff. With the pistol, though? Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't he? I'm trying to remember if he had the, the pistol well, or def- the rifle at that point. Sure, maybe in the first Death Star, but in the, on Endor. Yeah, he's got the pistol. Mm-hmm. And uh, who else? We should have, how many people does Han Solo shoot first? <laughs> Not counting Falcon shots. All right. Uh, are we counting um, Force Awakens? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Bowcaster bullshit. All right. Uh, my number two is the M41A pulse rifle, the official machine gun of the Space Marine in Aliens. Oh, nice. It does have got the best di- sound effect ever. Yeah, I agree. You got your digital counter that you guys are talking mm-hmm. about. It's got a rocket launcher or grenade launcher attachment. And if you're useful like uh, Ripley, you, you know, you tape a flamethrower to it too and it's it's awesome so if i could have one prop for think from any movie it might be that gun with the tape down flamethrower no actually because uh, that'd be too bulky would it, like jeff any prop or just uh, any gun any gun because obviously i'd have a lightsaber or okay like that. say <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but i don't know so the lightsaber the whole point of the lightsaber is half of it's a visual effect so it's not as fun as that is true like if I could actually have the digit, like the like a battery one with the LEDs in there, I'm sure they have replicas. I should probably look after mine and make oh, yeah. a drunk purchase, but I won't. eBay, I won't. eBay. <laughs> uh, that's my number two. So uh, Alex, number one, DL44 heavy blaster pistol, numero uno. All right, uh, Scott, number one. All right, so my number one. Uh, this has come up a few weeks, or at least a couple weeks in a row. But uh, can I guess? Go ahead. Deckard's gun. Yep. Otherwise known as that gun. I don't think they ever say what it is. Uh, but it's fucking cool. It's a fucking hand cannon. Uh, it just looks awesome. Uh, it's all part of Deckard's character that he has this... It's like the Dirty Harry, basically. Uh, type type of gun. Uh, and he... Caps a... Yeah, he basically kills a defenseless uh, replicant <laughs> in the back, right? And then, uh, and then he mm-hmm. does. He does use it once when he's like to defend himself, and then uh, it does not help him out much against Roy Batty. But yeah, it's an awesome gun, uh, in iconic in sci-fi lore, and it's in Fallout also, Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> hmm. All right. Uh, well, I don't know if you guys, um, Adam Savage from Mythbusters, he has the YouTube show tested, and he has uh, both DL44. He's made them, I think. I know he made the DL44. I think he made the Deckard gun, maybe not, but he has like these awesome display cases. And I and there's one where he shows like I want to make 
like the box, the carrying box for the, the Deckard gun. And he has it and he not only does he have the gun, but he has it uh, like all these like fake passports and like the replicant tests uh you know the test of the rep- it's all it's such a cool thing and then he has the box he weathers it because you know he's like a movie props guy so he makes it look all beat up and he has these stickers on there and he even has like a because isn't it technically part of the alien universe he has like a Whalen sticker on there or something like that it's pretty Spiders? cool no not <laughs> anyway okay well my number one was going to be the space marine gun my number two was going to be the fifth element zf1 but since you're allowing dl44 i have to fucking put a number one so fuck you. <laughs> yeah. you happy you happy yes yes uh, yes. yes yes thank you that's a great, that's a great now that we've put you on the right path yeah <laughs> i'm satisfied it sounds great um my vote yeah, we mentioned indoor the scene where they're at the bunker and their R2 is trying to unlock it or whatever and you see him just picking off stormtroopers it's pretty awesome and then filling up uh, Leia well yeah and then he misses a stormtrooper and then the stormtrooper shoots C-3PO and then he has to hotwire it and then <laughs> comedy gold comedy gold yeah I understand that I laughed at a moment in Star Wars and I just complained the entire movie was full of laughs fuck you I'm allowed to have my own opinions <laughs> Any honorable uh-huh. mentions? Uh, nope. I have two from video games. One's the Half-Life Gravity Gun. Um, not a hand cannon, but whatever. And then I have the BFG from Doom. Because why not? I think you could do a whole segment just on video game guns. So yeah. Maybe we'll save oh, that yeah. for another time. All right. Uh, now do we have feedback? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do. From listener Garth. Is his number five uh, gun is the art gun from District 9. Okay. That's not a handgun either, so awesome. <laughs> I'm on your side, Garth. <laughs> number four is uh, Star Trek Phaser. All right. Uh, number three, the Lawgiver, Judge Dredd. Oh, he specifies this the one from 1995. I have to look at that gun again. It might be, it's probably really cool. Uh, I don't, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with well, you Well, not there. the movie, but the gun. Uh, number two, yeah, I, I still haven't seen this movie. I'm very curious. The Bone Gun from Existence. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it was like a Matrix movie, but before The Matrix came out. Sure, this wasn't like a movie the... about Ron Jeremy boner pills, because that's what it yeah. sounds like. <laughs> no. uh, these people are kind of like trapped in a game, and they have to decipher what's going on and stuff, and... They put uh, this big animal in front of Jude Law that's cooked. Not exactly a turkey, but just some alien thing. And he takes the bones and he makes a gun out of it. That sounds cool. Weird. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, number one, not technically a gun, I know, but cool as hell. Predator shoulder hand cannon. Yes! (laughs) Shoulder cannon. Shoulder cannon. Nothing. Garth's the best. (laughs) So you've made Jeff's night. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. I, I think the lesson we've all taken away here is just do what you want. <laughs> yeah. No one reads Alex's messages. Yeah. So do what you want. Yes. And yeah, thanks, that, everybody. That, that's true. Yeah, just give us a list. Whatever it is. Just top five cats for next list. I don't care. What, we're doing Alf? <laughs> ha! Ha! All right. It's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So, uh, what's up with hockey and fighting, man? It's it's down to an all-time low this season. 
That's weird. It used to be so synonymous with why? Why is that? Is that just because of rule changes? I was just yeah. reading. Uh, I was just looking for stupid headlines, but I found this one fascinating. I there's I can get really long winded here, but basically, uh, yeah, they've kind of been uh, like removed from the game. Like there's lot yeah, some rules have been put into place, and then basically back in the heyday of fighting, uh, there was there was one extra skater. Like right now in hockey, you have um, four lines of forwards and then three lines of defensemen and two goalies. There's so 20 players, 20. They used to have 21 players you can dress. And that extra player was literally your goon. Like he wouldn't get a regular shift. He was just, Oh, some guy like check Gretzky, throw him out there, kick someone's ass. And they got rid of that spot. And that's kind of, that's one of the main reasons that fighting has gone down. I mean, that happened already in the mid nineties, but it's just kind of, it's taking time. All four lines can skate. Um, visors a lot of reasons but it, it sounds a lot like uh basketball where they've taken a lot of the maybe some fun. of the physical stuff yeah fun <laughs> like the physical stuff out of it <laughs> so, so guys that are like guys that are like 610 but weigh 100 pounds they would have gotten their thrown around in the like 90s and the 80s go out there and be all-stars and mvps now yeah yeah, it's just basically the specialized. If you, there's actually a documentary on it, it's like the last enforcer or something like that. And they talk about how it's, uh-huh. it's kind of those rules that I've mentioned um, in the youth system. It's not as like it doesn't happen as much. So therefore, when you grow up, it's not doesn't happen as much. Uh, like you can't fight if you fight at the end of the game. Like the coach gets uh, a fine because usually, okay, you're losing by two goals or three goals. Then you just everyone just fought just to send a message for the next time you play. But now you can't do so. There's, yeah, <laughs> so, literally that would be you just. I'm not going to beat you, so I'm just going to beat you up. And so, so how many minutes in the penalty box for taking off your skate and trying to stab somebody with it? That's probably like a ten game suspension. <laughs> just ten. Yeah. Okay. You got to be pretty quick to get your skate <laughs> off too. It's... It's all messed up your toes. But yeah, I don't know how many yeah. games Happy Gilmore got, but... but that was just for tryouts, wasn't it? <laughs> no, he just, he he just got, talks he a story. Does. He just tells a story about <laughs> one time I took off my skate and tried to stab a guy. So. Uh-huh. But yeah. I re- actually, I recommend you watch that uh, that documentary. Mm-hmm. On, uh, Last Enforcer? I think that's what it's called. I'll find the name. Cool. And you see these guys and how, like, these are the toughest dudes they are and they, how nervous they would get before every single game knowing they'd have to go out there and fight the toughest guy in the other team. And it was crazy. Like, a few of them were fucking insane, though, right? Am I wrong with that? Wrong with... Uh, well, they wrapped tinfoil on their fists. <laughs> like, a well, few of them just had to, like, love going out there and fighting and were like, that guy. A couple of them? But most of them didn't play in the NHL or, or you know... Most of them are actually, actually most of the fighters are like the nice. They like they write children's books and they're like uh, <laughs> went to Ivy League schools and stuff. But they're, like, about, they're out feeding deer with their daughters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, they tell the story about how like okay, at some point they're all professional athletes. So at some point they're always they were always the best player on their team, and then you get to a certain point, all of a sudden you're not, and so you have to set yourself apart and to keep moving up. And then the smarter guys were like, well, if I want to keep playing. I gotta start fighting. And yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, occasionally there was the net job, but for the most part, all the goons are like, like goons. I'm using that. It's a, 
<laughs> we're super nice people. Even like the notorious ones you hear, like Marty McSurley when he hit the guy, like he's actually a really nice guy. Yeah. And, but you know, he did something terrible. So, so <laughs> yeah. I'm he not tried, going to defend him. But he tried to kill a guy. <laughs> but it was hockey, so he didn't get like prison time for it. He might have actually for that one. I'm know. sure. He probably got arrested. I mean, he had to have gotten arrested for that. He did. Yeah. I know the law got involved. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. But, yeah. Mm. Uh, so, for, so for we don't know what we're talking about, he basically tomahawked a guy um, over the head with his uh, soggy yeah, He slashed the guy in the face hey. from behind. Oh, it's Evis. Yeah. The guy, the guy fell to the ice fell and the hit ice. his head on the ice. and It was bad. But, but fucking right. Eh. Yeah. He, he, but the other guy kind of did break the code of fighting. I don't want to get into it. It's a whole thing. That's, it's, <laughs> it, deserves, it, it deserves its own documentary. Yeah, it does. Um, all right. So it's time for Neom News. Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to start off with uh, something that I've continued watching, and that's uh, the Orville um, over at Fox. I think. The first season, I'm hoping there'll be more, because I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I think there's only 12 episodes. Uh, I think I've got a couple more, but I, I'm liking it. Um, in a lot of ways, it's like more Star Trek The Next Generation than Star Trek The Next, Gener- Star Trek, the Next Generation. Um, I think they've been smart with how they use Seth MacFarlane in the show, um, where there's a few episodes where he doesn't... He, he's not there a ton, so he gives like, the other characters a chance to breathe. And uh, for those that maybe aren't into Seth MacFarlane's humor or uh, like Family Guy fans or whatever, what have you, uh, there's there's a lot to like about the show um, that where he kind of doesn't get in his own way. Um, there still is a lot of those kind of moments. Um, so you're either going to like that stuff or you're not. Um, but as a just kind of a, a like a cheesy uh, like Star Trek esque show, sci-fi show. Uh, it's actually pretty solid, um, so I'm looking forward to what comes there next. Uh, I don't know. Have either of you watched that yet? Or no, any I haven't seen it. Yet. But the... No, it doesn't doesn't interest me. Yeah, it's on the Fair list. Um, how, how, have you watched the new Star Trek? I have not gotten around to it yet. Uh, I think I heard from people that the Orville is better than that, but I don't. So I think it. Uh, I think it's almost like what you what you want from a show, like. Do you want Star Trek? Then probably Orville is what you want. Okay. Like, if you want, like, a sci-fi show I... with Star Trek dressing that, that's going in a different direction uh, than the other Star Treks, then probably the other one's the way to go. Okay. Yeah, I have not watched the I... other one, um, mostly because of that bullshit CBS yeah. All Access. There's no way I'm shelling out more money for that. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I agree with that. So, they they did do an interesting thing with, the, with that CBS one, though. Um you can you can watch the first episode for free, or something like that. But they they basically made like an episode zero. That's basically like a precursor to the rest of the series. So I don't know how necessary it is to watch that, but it basically doesn't center around the same character or characters, from what I understand. Again, I haven't watched it, uh, but they did uh, like a different thing with different. it at any rate. Uh, hmm. uh, so yeah, it's Star Trek talk, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what else here? So, um, as nuclear as, vessels, yeah, as I want to do, uh, a little bit of Marvel news. Um, so apparently, Marvel has hired a screenwriter uh, for a Black Widow movie. Oh, nice! Um, 
I've got to wonder why this wasn't something that came up sooner. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of weird because maybe Scarlett Johansson doesn't want to do it. Maybe it's contractually she needs a break or something. I don't know, but uh, <coughs> she's clearly a bankable star. Um, mm-hmm. Like, everybody loved the Avengers. Uh, there was, like, no reason not to, to make this part of Phase 2 or 3, two. whatever it is. Uh, I don't know where this would land now. Uh, assuming that it was still Scarlett Johansson. I don't know why it would be. Uh, mm. Yeah, hopefully this this really does get off the ground. And uh, we see it, you know, sometime in the not-too-distant future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It'll be Marvel's, at that point, second uh, uh, female-led movie, I guess. Uh, yeah, after Ms. Marvel? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yeah. So, so <laughs> what if she was like, nah, I'm not going to do Black Widow and everything. I'm going to move on to other more uh, risky and adventurous action movies. Then she comes back from <laughs> uh, Ghost in the Shell and goes, all right, give me the Black Widow movie. Yeah, well, I think there's already... Like a Lucy two in the works. I don't know if she's gonna be in that. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, just that, that just uh, and, uh, to me, like I can tell you right now, I'm not interested in a standalone movie just with her. Like I hope there's other Avengers in it, kind of like how she was in uh, Winter Soldier or something. Just I don't want to see her or Hawkeye or um, what's the other Iron Man guy? Oh, uh, Rhodes. <laughs> Yeah, like those guys, they don't interest me. They're not superheroes. And I, for me, this is just coming from right, my so. Right. I to me, they don't interest me as much as the more like the actual superhero characters. Yeah. Um, although yeah. I know I know Tony Stark's not a superhero and he doesn't have his superpowers, just like Batman. But they're different. I don't know. Just yeah. Well, I think it's just a, a, it feels weird to me for her, anyways, because they they put so much work into her character and her backstory, whereas yeah. like. Uh, War Machine, yeah, he really is a side character. Uh, so, yeah, with her, she's one of the Avengers. She's one of the main uh, guys in the Hawkeye. Yeah, so Hawkeye. is Hawkeye. Hawkeye but, I, but again, Hawkeye, they haven't really put in the work on him as much as they have with her. I mm-hmm. think they put in more. You know, his and both of them, they had backstories. You got to meet his family well, in the last Avengers. and Right, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I feel like she's gotten a, like, a bigger, she had a bigger role in things. I mean, I think the fact that she was in Winter Soldier helped a lot. Like she said, more screen time, I think, because and and Iron Man two or whatever. I just find them both boring. Like, but, 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 like, maybe if you put them together, that might be interesting. Right. Well, I guess like he, I guess they're both spies, but she has the whole Russia thing. Like, there's a lot of things you could do that again, maybe necessarily wouldn't be compelling as a as a superhero movie. But there's a lot of stuff you could do with her as far as an action movie goes. I'd like to do a lot yeah. of stuff with her. Whoa! <laughs> play Parcheesi? <laughs> go no, get no, coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Go play um, G- Uno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright, mm-hmm. so that's, that's basically <laughs> what I have for this week. Uh, uh, Jeff, did you have anything you wanted to talk about? Uh, no no news, but I started watching the new X-Files. By the time this airs, this pro- season might even be over, but I watched the first two episodes so far, and they're not good, but it's still, it's Mulder and Scully and Skinner and the Smoking Man, and I still, Skinner? I still enjoy it because of them. 
but it just it it especially that first season episode oh god it was i'm hoping they get more in the monster of the week episodes and and i'll enjoy those more than this conspiracy stuff but um so as a hardcore x-files fan it's a little disappointing but it is just good to see the characters and um yeah that's that's all i gotta say about that uh i haven't watched network television in a while and a lot of commercials oh my god <laughs> you yeah. gotta survive somehow Whew. nope um, that's all i got all right alex anything you wanted to chime in nope. with here i'm sleepy all right <laughs> all right thanks for listening everybody We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. I'm sleepy.